0: It's Brian Preston, The Money Guy, restoring order to your financial chaos, retirement, investing, taxes You've got financial questions, he's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, The Money Guy. Welcome to The Money Guy Show. I'm your host, Brian Preston, and you can go check us out at moneyguy.com. You can write the show at brian, B-R-I-A-N, at moneyguy.net, and, um... You can go see what all we've got to offer for you, because I know we're constantly picking up listeners every week, and I thank you for coming here. I think we are the best-kept secret out there on helping you go beyond common sense on handling your personal finances and making the right decisions to give you that true peace of mind that comes from making the right financial decisions and actually becoming financially independent. By day, I am a fee-only wealth manager, I'm a certified public accountant, and a certified financial planner. And what we're going to be talking about today is we're going to be talking about there was a dateline that aired on April the 13th. So it's only about two weeks ago, and pretty exciting stuff. It was um, talking about equity indexed annuities and some of the sales, practice, the sales practices that are um, occurring out there to a lot of our senior citizens, and um, I wanted to just weigh in a little bit because it was very interesting to me, being as how we have started the the you know we started the Money Guy Show back in the first part of two thousand six, January two thousand six, and the very first episode we ever did, we had a topic on equity indexed annuities, and it was actually a Wall Street Journal article that was written by Jonathan Clements, who's one of my favorite. Authors, you know, and columnists for um, the Wall Street Journal, and he had a, a segment titled "Why Big Insurers Are Staying Away From This Year's Hot Investment Product." And I know this was written on December Fourteenth, of two thousand and five, but the it was very interesting to me that this ties right into what w- was brought up by Chris Hansen from Dateline NBC. Now, Chris Hansen and Dateline, if you you know, just giving you the way this thing was set up, you know, Chris Hansen has kind of become. Uh, famous because he's done that To Catch a Predator series where you gone out there and he's, uh, you know, tracked down and, and had these decoy boys and girls and then they do these internet stings and they have these these nuts show up at the house and they catch these guys who are, who are trying to be with the, the underage kids. And it's very fascinating. It's like watching a train wreck or a car accident, you know, you get that rubber neck, Uh, experience, but seeing who these weirdos are that are out there, and I think Chris Hansen's done a lot of good work in that aspect. Well, he's now come out, and I guess he's decided he was going to move on to the financial service industry to see where there might be some um, misdealings and some inappropriate actions going on out there, and he ended up landing on these equity indexed annuities. Um, I actually have some experience in this, in the fact that um, after I did my show back in January of 2006 talking about this topic, I actually had one of my, well, they were a prospect that was referred to me by a mortgage broker. It was a widow who had just lost her husband, uh, was in her 60s, and inherited, I will tell you, you know, I don't want to get into too much detail, but it was uh, over half a million dollars, less than a million dollars. It was a large sum of money, and she had been sold Two equity indexed annuity products. And now, this is a person that within 20 minutes of a conversation, you quickly realized that um, they hadn't filed taxes in a while. So they had some tax liabilities, they had some estate liabilities. And as Chris Hansen talked about in the Dateline series, these products aren't exactly the best things in the world to have. If you need quick access to your money, I think most of them are written where you can possibly pull up to 10% of your principal out a year, but that doesn't work for somebody who, you know, has to settle an estate as well as cover, you know, the IRS, as well as just taking care of burial fees. So suitability was quickly an issue when I ran into this client, a prospect at the time that's now a client, because within 30 minutes... I knew that this person was going to need access to money very quickly just to meet some of her short-term financial needs. And um, I'm sure whoever had sold this product probably recognized that too. But uh, let's face it, when you're, when you're making, as the, as the Wall Street Journal article lists, between 9 and 10% commission, you can imagine on that sum of money... There were probably alarms going off in their head. I mean, we're talking about a commission that could range between fifty to to $100,000 from just selling two financial products. Can you imagine? That's what most people make in a year, and you're going to make it off of three hours' worth of work. So you can see how it's what I call the dark side. Um, everybody starts looking like they need products like these. But I don't want everybody to think I'm piling on to the poor insurance industry out there. Um, I actually work with quite a few insurance agents. I, I have a ton of insurance. I think the good ones are kind of like good auto mechanics. You know, I'm always worried when I go get my car worked on, I'm being ripped off by the, um, the mechanics because they can probably look at me and tell I know absolutely nothing about getting the car worked on. Um, I, I didn't get that. I grew up in a family where my father and my brother restored <laughs> quite a few... Classic cars, including, you know, 60, I want to say like a 66 Mustang, you know, a 71 Duster with 340 Duster. Um, my dad had a 51 Chevy truck. So these are all great cars that I grew up with my brother and my dad restoring. But me, nada, nothing. I have no auto knowledge. Don't even, don't even know how to change my own oil. So I'm one of those, um, I guess bad guys that that never picked up that part but that's why i feel very helpless when i go get my car worked on that i don't know what's going on it's the same thing i think probably with a lot of people in the financial services they don't know if they're being ripped off or if they're being sold the right product for them and that's why if you can find an insurance agent that you really do trust they are worth their weight in gold and that's why i hope that um I'm not running off all of my listeners that are in the insurance industry because I have noticed I do get those unsubscription notices whenever you guys do unsubscribe to getting the weekly show notes and i and I unfortunately it looks like I've lost some 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 agents out there. I can tell by the email addresses um, that they were involved in the insurance industry, and that saddens me because that's not what I'm looking to do is to alienate. The show from insurance um, agents and, and and advisors out there, but I do want to make sure that we educate you guys, the listeners, so that you know when you're dealing with somebody who's doing the right things for you and dealing with somebody who's just trying to sell a product. I think there's a big difference between a consultant and a salesman, so you want to, you want to get that educator and not the salesman in there to, to help you out with your financial life, but... I've provided some links. If you go to the MoneyGuy.com website, and that's, once again, MoneyGuy.com, you can go, and I've got two links on there that I've put. You can actually click to watch the entire Dateline episode. I think it's that powerful that you ought to go watch it just to see – um, what Chris Hansen and the guys at Dateline were able to track down about some of the the, the sales practices of what was going on with these equity indexed annuities. And then I've also li- linked you to the transcript page so you can get to the links of you know similar posts and other research that you can go out there and do. So go check that out and, and see if that helps you out. But I want to go back and rewind a few years back to this December 14, 2005 article that was in the Wall Street Journal because what Chris Hansen focuses on in the Dateline series, was how these things have deferred um, charges if you try to have get access to your money before 7 to 10 years. you know, So these things aren't really liquid. You can actually lose 16% of your initial investment if all of a sudden you invested into these equity indexed annuities, and then next year you had big medical expenses or you had a family emergency that required cash, you would take a bath on you know, losing a large portion of your initial investment. So that's what primarily the Dateline episode focuses on, is you know the liquidity and these deferred charges, as well as the commissions and the sales practices of the insurance industry. I'm going to go a step further. Um, Because that's what we do. We go beyond common sense here on The Money Guy Show. And we're going to talk about what Jonathan Clements talked about in this December 14th Wall Street Journal article. And the thing's just giving you a recap is suitability. I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about how goal planning, I've already touched on that briefly Where, you know, if if a person talking to you about these products and your upcoming cash flow needs in the next, you know, two, three, five, seven, ten years, they can very quickly tell if um, if this product's not for you, but I think a lot of times they're kind of clouded on that because they, they see the big commission coming their way. Also, I'm concerned about caps on returns. I'll get into that with this Wall Street Journal article, and then of course the deferred sales charges that Chris Hansen talks about. So let's jump right in. And um, this was this is like I said a few years old, but it says back in this article, the sales of equity indexed annuities have soared, hauling in 23 billion dollars in 2004 and an additional 21 billion in the first nine months of 2005. So you can see these things haven't gone away. When since I've done this article, they've obviously become even more popular, and that's why they're now getting the attention of the national press. It goes, these products aim to capture a part of the stock market's game while guaranteeing that. A investors will at least break even or earn a modest return. That mix of upside potential and downside protection has proven especially popular with seniors. Um, the criticisms out there um, from the actually where criticism has come from with EIAs, that's equity indexed annuities, is actually starting to pile on from Industry insiders um, criticism for their mind-boggling complexity, potentially pro- poor performance, the nine and ten percent commissions often paid to salesmen, and surrender charges that can last for ten years or more. Sound bad? Even insurance executives are complaining, according to this Wall Street Journal article. And I, and I think that those things that it just mentioned in that paragraph is very complex setup. I will tell you the the case that I dealt with with the the widow. I don't think the insurance agent, I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he just has no clue what he's selling. He doesn't understand. I think he went to probably a one-day seminar on how to sell these things, came back, saw how much money he could make, and doesn't realize what just a a ticking time bomb he has landed in the laps of some of these people he's putting these products on. Because you, you go and invest over a half a million dollars into this type of product, and then you have to get into that money and you eat away 16% of the principal in the first year, That that's a disaster because that was so unsuitable for that person. But this stuff happens, and, and, and a lot of times people don't know what to do to help themselves when they get caught in these bad situations. It goes on and it says... Um, The biggest sellers of equity index annuities are mostly mid-sized insurers. Many big and well-known companies have steered clear of these products, and their executives are explaining why. And this goes on, a Northwestern executive said, These products are so complicated that I think it's a stretch to believe that the agents, much less the clients, understand what they've got. And, and that's a great point. this is a, northwestern you know northwestern New York life mass mutual these guys are the big boys out there um, and, and it's very interesting to me that this article has quotes from both Northwestern executives as well as mass mutual executives on why you might want to be concerned with these products. It goes on to say mass Mutual Financial Group has even sent sent out a four page analysis to its salesman detailing the company's concerns the insurer looked at how an annuity based on the Standard & Poor's 500 Stock Index would have performed over the 30 years ending December of 2003. In its calculation, MassMutual assumed that annuity investors would have at least broken even in any given year that they didn't get any benefits from the S&P 500's dividends, both common features with equity indexed annuities. MassMutual also assumed that the annuity had a 9.4% annual cap on returns. Equity index annuities typically impose some limits on an investor's annual gain. So let's, there's two things there that I want to come back. Because um, you're watching this dateline, the guys will use a term of ratchet up your returns. Because what they're saying is ratchets only go one way. If you're talking about the the tool that you use to to take off lug nuts on your cars and use around the house, Um, ratchets only go one way you know you you can click them one way but they don't click the other and that's what a lot of people are using to sell these equity index annuities is they'll say look you can only go up you can't lose because whatever you make the previous year we'll lock that in and then if the market goes down the following year like we're in a down market right now you're locked in it can't go back down and that's exactly what mass mutual use in their assumption looking at the last 30 years at December uh, of 2003, and what the results they found is kind of staggering. The other thing it talked about is the cap, and this is the part that that I don't like about a lot of these equity indexed annuities, is that they rip out the meat. Um, uh, sure, they might guarantee that you can never go down, but if a lot of them take away the meat, if you have any outsized performance years, years that you're going to get over 9 to 10% in the S&P 500, They take anything above and beyond that nine to ten percent range. So if you have a year like two thousand three, where the stock market got the S and P five hundred got close to twenty eight percent rate of return, and you've got a cap of nine point four percent on this equity indexed annuity, you just lost eighteen to nineteen percent return on that investment. Guess who got to keep all that return? The insurance company that put the product on you. And that's how they can offer to give you these guarantees of locking in is because they have these these surrender periods of 7 to 10 years. Well, if you can lock up your money for 7 to 10 years, you can pretty much guarantee that you a rate of return because if you go and look at the historical averages, you're, it's easy. Because you're telling the people, hey, I'm forcing you not to be able to have access to your money for 7 to 10 years. If you do, I'm going to keep 16%, you know, and it's going to go down over time. But I'm going to keep a portion of your principal. You, they've got you locked in so they can control your behavior. It's very easy to offer a guarantee. Out there because they're going out and investing your money in diversified portfolios, getting those great rates of return, giving you modest rates of returns and keeping the difference as profit. It's a great business model. So it goes on to say, though, that results looking at this mass mutual study was the results over 30 years, the equity index annuity would have delivered just 5.8% a year far below the 8.5% for the S&P 500 without dividends. And if you would have taken and added dividends in for what you would have got, if you, when you go and buy the S&P 500, you do get the benefit of the dividends that are paid out by all these companies. The return would have increased to 12.2% for the S&P 500. With dividends reinvested. Indeed, annuity investors would have been better off in a super safe treasury bill, which delivered a 6.4% annual rate of return for that 30 year period. And they, it goes even further. There's a box on here that shows that if you took, um, and this was MassMutual's research, it shows um, if you put $100,000. From 1964 to 2003, if you'd have put that in just the S&P 500, like an index fund with dividends, that $100,000 invested in 1964 would have been worth $4.8 million dollars. If you'd have taken it, invested it in the S and P 500, not reinvested the dividends, just had the dividends come out, not even get credit for it, that one hundred thousand dollars would be worth one point three million dollars. If you selected the best eight equity index annuities, meaning going out there and back in two thousand five and choosing the companies that had the best, most liberal policies that were favoring the policyholders, they would have returned one. That one hundred thousand dollars would have turned into one point one million dollars. And then the worst performing, meaning they were m- more one-sided towards the insurance companies and not towards the policyholders, those worst eight companies, um, those policies would have only returned, th- they would have been worth $366,000 on a $100,000 investment. That You can quickly see one thing is when you go out there and invest, do you see the importance of reinvesting those dividends? It's four times the return by just reinvesting the dividends if you bought the S&P 500 um, outright with or without investing dividends. So you've got to do the reinvestment, I think, a lot of times, um, if, especially if you have years towards retirement. Now, if you're getting close to retirement or you in or are in retirement, maybe you need those dividends to live off of for your cash flow needs. But most of us, if you've got 20, 30, you know, even 15 years, 10 years towards retirement, get those dividends reinvested because that's just that's giving you more compound growth that's just tremendous in the long term. But those numbers were very staggering to me when, when you go out there and look at um, how underperforming these funds are. So it's not just the deferred sales charges like the Dateline episode focuses on. I think it's also ripping out the heart of the return on the years of outsized returns, because it does happen let 's face it if you, you know i 've talked to you guys about the stock market and the way the cycles work, just like stock markets get over purchased overbought and that 's where you get these bubbles from where everybody drinks the punch and, and you know and gets drunk on you know the, the the great returns out there that they jump in at the world 's worst times and um, then the bubble bursts and they ride it down. The same thing happens on the selling side things get oversold to the point that when the market does come back, it usually pops big. I've told you these numbers time and time again. The month of October of, of 2002 to, to November of 2002, 15% rate of return. October of 2002 to October of 2003, that first year of recovery, when we came out of the last bear market, a 33% rate of return. You're not going to get these returns unless you're fully invested. And that's what you can see how quickly – that tide turns, and you get the outsized returns. And think if you are in a product that takes out anything above and beyond nine to ten percent, it's going to hurt you. You're going to miss the biggest and best compounding interest growth, you know, that you you can anticipate ever having in your lifetime. So, and also make sure you're focusing on the dividend reinvestments. The, these are the things that. That troubled me about these products. Plus, they're forcing you to, to lock in these products for seven to ten years. It, you know, maybe you can have a little access by pulling out 10% of your principal a year. But if you had any medical emergencies, if you had something that required you to need that money, um, you know, tomorrow. It's going to come with a a very hefty price, and that's never a good thing, I think, with your financial products. You ought to always be able to vote with your your feet. If you don't like something, you can get up, walk away, and and that's very important. So I hope this helps out. I hope that you guys can go follow the links. If you go to moneyguy.com, follow the links and um, go check out the, the Dateline episode. I thought it was done very well. They even have the hidden camera. You know, Very cool how how they've set the whole process up. So so I hope you can go check that out. Also, I've noticed iTunes, you know, iTunes has been doing this for a while. They only show our most recent five episodes. We've been doing this show for the last two years, so I think there's over seventy episodes. If you just go to our website. On the bottom of, if you click on each one of our posts separately, you can go to the actual post page, and on the bottom of that page, you can actually download the files by right mouse clicking on the download button to save those files to your computer, and you can go check out any one of our past shows, and I think that can answer a lot of the questions you guys are emailing and help you out tremendously, and I'm just glad that you, you know, the shows continue to grow through the support of you guys telling your friends, family, and also leaving great Great comments out there on iTunes. That's helping us tremendously on the rankings and keeping us on the front page. So I want to thank you guys for that. Also, think about me, guys. After I leave today's show, I'm, po- I'm recording this on Monday. I'm actually driving up to Atlanta and having LASIK surgery today. So I'm kind of nervous, as you can imagine. Maybe that's why I'm stumbling over a few of these words. Is I've got my mind on the fact that I'm about to have a laser popping at the eyeball a little bit. A little nervous, as you can imagine, but I've done a lot of research. Um, I've hired a great surgeon, and I, I just can't wait to see how this turns out. But, you know, please go check out the show at moneyguy.com on the on the Internet, and you can also write us at brian, B-R-I-A-N, at net. And um, just thanks so much for tuning in, and I will talk to you guys in about a week. We're doing next week's show on Monday. Talk to you soon. This is Brian, the Money Guy. The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston, and Brian Preston is a partner with Preston & Cleveland Wealth Management. Preston & Cleveland Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Preston & Cleveland Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast.